Hi, and welcome to the Delta Dialogue. In this podcast, we talk about open data, open medical data and AI from above and beyond and explore its implications to our world. On this episode on the Delta Dialogue, um, we will explore the intersection of AI and mental health. I'm your host, Emir Mustafa. I am joined today by my co-host and commentator, David Wood, and our guest speaker, Disha Ganguly. Uh, she is a writer, analyst, educator, and child psychologist. Over the years, she has cultivated a strong interest in technology and now specializes in AI and big data. Her articles have been published in virtual magazines such as uh, Analytics Insights and Industry Wired. Hi, Disha. Can you tell us about yourself and what you're currently working on? Hello, David and Amir. So I'm Disha from India. Currently, I'm residing in Delhi. I have just shifted here because uh, I'm working as a curriculum associate now. I have been an educator prior to this for 2.5 years in uh, renowned schools in India, like Delhi Public School and Neeraj International School. So I have done a diploma in child psychology and uh, my area of expertise lies in English majors, but then I wanted to upgrade my career and upskill myself as well. So I am now in the position of managing education where I design curriculums for schools. Besides, I'm also a passionate writer. So this is the reason why two years back I joined hands with the U1. And since then, yes, it's been a great journey with the U1. I've been contributing articles in the field of medical and I deal with um, the intersection of artificial intelligence and psychological health. That's what I uh, do my research in mostly. So yeah. That's about me. All right. And in your article in uh, titled JetGBT uh, must never be regarded as a panacea for mental health, uh, mm-hmm. you discussed the impact of industrialization and digitization on uh, our perception of peace of mind mm-hmm. uh, and mental health. Uh, mm-hmm. Can you provide some insights on this? Oh, yes. I can go on and on on this one because... Uh, I think everyone who is hearing this will be able to relate that when the pandemic had uh, creeped in, you know, and all of us were quarantined, the routines in our lives were heavily disturbed. Like I was in college at that point of time and our routines were disturbed. Uh, There was more of screen time because I remember doing classes from uh, nine in the morning to six in the evening. Then I saw my mother working from home, my dad working from home. All of us were exposed to screen. Although all of us were under the same roof, there was hardly any communication. All right. So uh, that was one negative aspect, how it disturbed our peace of mind and um, there was literally no entertainment. We could not plan our weekends to go to theaters. So obviously we had to uh, I mean, rely on digital media for entertainment. So that took a toll on our mental health. So I remember this case happening in my vicinity that the child was diagnosed with ADHD because of this reason, because that child has been exposed to online um, 
classes for good number of hours during the daytime post that that child used to play games online because going out and playing in the parks were not allowed so this is how it went so digitalization on a whole it has uh, it has provided us with convenience it has made uh, many things available to us yes i would say but then i would say it's a very complicated relationship yeah and uh, in the same article uh, you mentioned that ai is often uh, criticized for lacking warmth and empathy uh, in the context of mental health uh, could you explain expand on why this is a concern um, and how it impacts users uh, first and foremost that we all should keep in mind is that as the name suggests ai stands for artificial intelligence so uh, it's obvious that there are certain things that will keep functioning on a very superficial level all right so if i have to bring up the example of chat gpt i can remember uh, one more example of blue mugs all right so blue mugs was a platform where people used to vent out their thoughts they used to vent out their frustrations and it used to come up with solutions and answers but then there were cases where blue mugs couldn't help them because they were lacking the warmth whereas uh, they replaced blue mugs with a therapist who used to call them in their cabin and you know treat them that worked better for them because we as humans emotions work through us organically nobody is manipulating our algorithms we understand we empathize better artificial intelligence is just a brainchild of human intelligence so it won't be ever be able to emulate human emotions i believe have you looked Adisha, at the work of companies like affectiva you know it was founded by the egyptian subsequently american researcher rana el kalyubi she's written this wonderful autobiography called girl decoded her mission has been to add an emotional layer to the interactions that humans have with software. She believes that that will provide a much better interface. Are you familiar with that? I am sorry. I'm afraid I'm not. Her vision is that software will detect on people's faces when we're getting frustrated, when we're getting happy. Sometimes mm -hmm. there's a micro emotion floats across our face. You know, we might have a forced smile, but the software can detect that we're not really happy. Mm -hmm. It can adjust its interactions in such a way. So it's not a real emotion, but it's still something that the, the software can display a smiley face. The software mm -hmm. can also interact through uh, robot faces, animal robot faces. This is what was often done by the labs in Harvard, where Rana Kaliubi worked for a while, not from her labs, but other people's labs. Also, the software can interchange the language it's using and add more please and thank yous and other comments to boost the emotional relationship. So it seems there are at least some examples of AI that can manifest yeah. what Rana Al-Kaliubi calls artificial emotional intelligence, or some yeah. people just call it affective intelligence. Is this yeah. not something that's been built into the software you've been using? Not yet, at least. 
okay uh, i agree and uh, i think it will be a great contribution in the field of because uh, what i have realized that ever since the pandemic has hit us and ever since the increase of digitalization and industrialization the the cases of mental illness have been on the rise only like i can give you an example of how corporates work in india the work hours are exhausting i have seen few of my colleagues sneaking out into the washroom and crying and when i ask them that what happened they tell me that i'm not able to bear with this and also they fail to articulate their emotions in such cases i think and even in such cases the therapist the human therapist fail to understand or comprehend that what they are going through in such cases i think what you talked about david ai can be of some help but the only problem being it will take a lot of time to make its way in india and i'm sh- kind of sure about that so in talking about the increase of mental ill health which i hmm. agree is a trend around the world there are hmm. shocking trends about increases in suicides and if not suicides then attempts at suicides or half-hearted attempts at suicide in which people mm. do harm themselves mm. so these trends are there but how confident are you that these trends are linked to the rise of ai because there's many other things happening in the world which might also be responsible for it for example parents are now mm. often more protective than they used to be they keep children at home they say don't go out there it's a dangerous world you know please stay mm. inside and it's also a more partisan world we're living in. It used to be that there were different political parties, but you could still sort of be friends from somebody who was part of another political party, whereas now in some parts of the world, at least, it's uh, really divisive. So I think there are many trends that are messing with people's uh, emotional health. What gives you an insight into the particular role of AI in making this worse or possibly making it better? so um the, again like i said that with ai we still have a complicated relationship that is difficult to define so there are cases where ai has been taking up jobs like in this case i would like to cite a scene from a film uh by tim burton charlie and the chocolate factory in one of the scenes we see how ai like technology replaces uh, his job charlie's dad's job in the factory okay he ends up being jobless so the same is happening with artists where ai is doing wonders with art and artist find no space so there have been several cases in india where artists have decided to end themselves and their lives because they were frustrated how ai have been replacing them and they couldn't bear with that again on the other hand um there have been conversational chatbots then there have been uh, certain portals um 
AI driven portals which people have found useful and they have called them life saviors like uh, this is sound and this is going to sound a little funny but in corporates sometimes when we have to meet deadlines we quickly take to chat gpt for answers for research okay because we have to meet the deadline in that case we often label chat gpt as okay it's a savior it saved the day so again it's a very complicated relationship yeah, and that's that's uh, that's a very interesting take on uh, ChatGPT and AI's role uh, in the rise of uh, uh, mental health issues. Uh, I want to also touch upon ChatGPT's. I mean, this this uh, uh, this topic exactly. Uh, what are some key concerns you would say or controversies surrounding ChatGPT? I mean, um, in terms also, especially if you look at mental health professionals i mean you mentioned that ai is taking up jobs but i mean uh is it the same for mental health professionals uh but or uh is it a little bit different when it comes to real human health i would call it similar because in my article you can see i have cited uh, an example of a tiktoker are you familiar with tiktok yes yes there have been a uh, there has been a tiktoker who made chat gpt renowned by saying that you guys stop spending uh, exorbitant amounts on therapy sessions we have chat gpt it will solve all your problems just talk to it but then i tried it myself um what i realized was i mean the problems of lacking warmth emotional aspects persist but then Adults or children who are suffering from ailments like ADHD. In mental uh, illness, we often find that patients are not able to articulate their thoughts. Even when we are venting, we should be able to articulate. Only then some help can be received from the other end. So if we are not able to articulate properly on chat GPT, it gives misleading solutions. Patients misinterpret chat GPT's words and they end up misdiagnosing themselves. That is more harmful. Isn't it the case that the tone of voice that chat GPT adopts can be changed if you ask it to? Hmm. You can ask it to be formal. You can ask it to be informal. You can ask it to treat you as a friend. You can ask it to call you a certain name. And if you put all that in, in the instructions, that will modify a little bit how it talks to you. So if people need a more informal, a more friendly, a more jokey, softer interaction, possibly it can be achieved with a little bit of help. People might need to be told that. I think that's a one option within some of the large language models that may give people a experience that might be more good for them. But I think your point is still fair that people need to be able to express honestly what they're experiencing and a skilled therapist, a skilled human therapist, will know to ask more questions. All right, you've told me this now, and then fill in more background. So ideally, a clever piece of software would have the same programming, that it would listen to what the person first vented, realize that this probably wasn't the real reason the person was angry, but it was a uh, an excuse or a, a, a rationalization and it would be able to keep on digging so i think 
the potential for AIs of various sorts to improve the treatment of mental health is there. It may need just some time to develop it properly. I totally agree with you. What I keep saying in my articles is that uh, look at chat GPT as an additional support and do it under the guidance of a professional. That's what I keep reiterating in my articles. Yeah, and uh, we, I mean, uh, the example of the of the venting is, is I mean, there's one example. Um, could you, um, uh, I mean, can you share some other examples of when and how ChatGPT, for example, can be effectively used in the capacity as a supplemental tool in uh, mental health care? Okay, not just ChatGPT. I would, I can mm -hmm. cite an example in this case that. A um, uh -huh. few weeks back, one of my friends who uh, frequents her visit to a therapist in Delhi, she said her therapist asked her to use Headspace. Um, so, yes. So, I was not aware of it. And when I said that, can you give me the link to it? Where is it available? She asked me not to do it without the guidance. Her therapist asked to do uh, asked her to do it, and she had um, provided her with a guidance, with a directive that how to go about it, when to stop. Because again, Headspace will expose you to screen. So if you are going to overdo it, it's of no use then. So I think uh, regarding Chat GPT as well, uh, if we ask we before using it, we should always ask a professional that how should I go about it when you are not available? Give me a substitute for your absence. It may happen that the therapist may not be available at all times. In that case, therapist may uh, provide some suggestions on how to use chat GPT as an alternative or a substitute. I see. And um, moving on, uh, in your article uh, titled AI-Aided Diagnosis Treatment uh, Bring a Ray of Hope uh, to ADHD Sufferers, mm -hmm. uh, you discuss the role of AI in addressing ADHD. Mm -hmm. uh, can you provide more details on how AI is contributing to the understanding uh, and management of ADHD. Uh, okay. So in my uh, experience as an educator for 2.5 years and even now, uh, I have seen, I think, multiple children with ADHD, some diagnosed, some undiagnosed. So what happens under ADHD, uh, children are very restless, even adults. I have even mentioned a, um, a topic where uh, ADHD in adults is highly stigmatized. And it's stigmatized, then uh, individuals are restless. Again, they are not able to articulate their thoughts. They don't know how to go about it. They don't even know that they have this thing called ADHD. They are suffering from it. Okay. They try uh, different methods like meditation, but nothing seems to work. In that case, they have even tried therapists like the schools I have worked in always had these wellness people. Okay, wellness department, they had counselors, children used to go to 
then uh, teenagers used to go to but then even i saw the wellness department failing to comprehend their explanations of their problem or failing to diagnose the adhd that is present in them ai in this case i won't say uh, ai should be allowed to function isolatedly or independently of course the therapist again the professional should be trained well enough to operate ai to diagnose adhd in individuals because ai will yield accurate results it can not only manage the data because there are many patients with adhd it will help it will be a helping hand for the uh, professionals to manage data to track data and to yield accurate results and uh, for a fact we all know that when we prepare a report card that has more statistics more graphical representations of a problem that convinces the patients and the stakeholders better than just word of mouth i see and um i mean you mentioned uh that there is a stigma around adhd particularly uh in adults and um this is obviously a significant issue um can you explain why this stigma exists because when we start once we start adulting we are expected to be perfect in all aspects i mean you do this one you fail in one endeavor and people will start judging you um i think yes amit uh, where are you right now i mean united kingdom uh, i i am based in uh, istanbul turkey okay so i haven't been beyond india ever i can uh, give you a glimpse about india if uh, in your workplace or even in your family if someone detects anything any abnormality in you you are going to be a topic of gossip for the next one week and that is really hurtful and painful you know this has been one of the major issues in india for suicides so there is a lot of stigma revolving around adhd because adhd in children children will be hyperactive they many of us in india are not aware about what adhd is when you take an attempt to explain that it's um some hyperactivity disorder in children in simplest of terms they will give back an answer that children are supposed to be naughty so they equate naughtiness with hyperactivity okay whereas naughtiness is a character trait or uh, yes it's a character trait but hyperactivity can be a disorder okay so they they will give give you an answer that children are supposed to be naughty what why are you making a mountain out of a molehill all of that and when because if uh, went undiagnosed it stays till adulthood as well and then when the problem starts creeping in because adults start losing focus in workplace they uh, start getting clumsier they end up uh, making their colleagues drift apart from them because of all of this but they won't be able to they aren't able to articulate it they aren't able to share it with anyone because probably they are not aware of something called adhd Thank you for listening to the Delta Dialogue. This episode is brought to you by the UN, a tech community focused on artificial intelligence in healthcare, machine learning, and related disciplines. 
I am Amir Mustafa and see you next time.